Hi, I'm Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. Like you got Barack and Michelle up there. Yeah. And they have a great relationship. Right. And you're like, this is what it is. Gosh, you have a plan on how these things are going to start. And then you hit record. And those moments before you hit record, everything, it's like, was this a good plan? Was it a bad plan? Yeah. Should I think of something different? Do I sound dumb? Yep. No. I that, yet, it was rhetorical. Like, yeah. But no, you don't. Your quickness to be like, no, you don't, makes me feel like I actually do. No, you don't. <laughs> well, everyone made fun of you yesterday. I know. <laughs> you sounded normal to me. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did it. We hit record. And now and we're, we're recording. recording. <laughs> and it's Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Yeah. Last month was Stalking Awareness Month, and this month is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Yep. And with every month progressively in the year, we add the number of words to the title. Yep. So by November, it's we're going to have a 15-word long title. Yeah. T-D-V-A-M-C-R-M. Yeah. It's just going to keep going and going and going. Yep. That's right. But in the spirit of Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month... That's what we're going to talk about today. Teen dating violence. And actually throughout the month, we have some really, I think, cool things planned. Yeah. To honor teen dating violence awareness. Because it's a big deal. Yeah. And people don't talk about teen dating violence. No. Not at all. They don't. No. Because they think it's... I don't know. Why do do people... I don't know. I don't think people recognize how... Serious it is, maybe? And how often it happens. I think when people think of domestic Mm. violence, they think of things that happen to adults Mm -hmm. and I don't think that people realize that teenagers are at a high risk of being victims of teen dating violence and sexual assault and that they are a really underserved population because there are barriers to getting help that teenagers face that adults may not face and don't face yeah I think you're right and I think it's easier to have unhealthy relationships while you're a teen yeah because you're still trying to figure out what is this relationship thing? What does this look like? Is this normal? Is it not? That's something that our um, campus advocate talks about all the time. Mm-hmm. She talks about how it's really easy to have unhealthy relationships while you're in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if they're not, even if you wouldn't classify it as like dating violence. Right. I would argue that high school relationships in general oftentimes are pretty unhealthy. So I think with that, it's easy to slide into that yeah. violence area right so we're excited to maybe shine a flashlight on yeah teen dating violence and this month i hope it will be really cool we have some guest speakers planned we're gonna share some stories we're gonna have um real stories from high school kids in wyoming Mm -hmm. talking about their experience Mm -hmm. so i mean if you're not hooked i don't know why yeah i don't either because it's gonna be a wild ride it's gonna be great yeah yeah. So, um, we want to start off by sharing a story of teen dating violence. Um, we want to share Kim's story. And she's cute. Yeah. She is cute. So, she um, started dating this boy when she was 13. 
mm-hmm. which isn't super unusual, I don't think. No, I feel like 13, 14 is yeah. when you have your first, like, maybe boyfriend. And you start to, like, you know, settle into that. And, yeah. Um, and let me tell you, Kim was stoked about it. So she was 13 and she started dating this 17-year-old, right? Yeah, he was 17. 17. And she talked a lot about how kind he was and how patient he was. And he was just a real dreamboat. Mm-hmm. He really was. And their relationship started off super super great um spoiler it didn't stay that way yep it took a most of the relationships we talk about on our podcast never stay that way (laughs) someday we're just gonna trip you up and talk about about something really healthy a super healthy you guys are gonna be like waiting you're just gonna wait for the other and then it's gonna end and you're like oh wow similarly to people in relationships after they've had an abusive relationship yeah Oh, that took a turn for the real. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Wow, that, I didn't even expect that. Oh, shoot, we were going to do that sometime. <laughs> yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then you're going to know. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Kim, and it doesn't say her guy's name. Mm-mm. Should we give him a name? Uh, something fun. Something fun. What Why is- did I just think of Quiznos? <laughs> do you remember Quiznos? <laughs> yes. I thought, what if his name was Quizno? Okay, perfect. So Kim and Quizno. (laughs) You've got that double K sound going on. I love it. That is catchy. Wow. Wow. Wow Wowee. Okay, Kim and Quizno. So Kim is 13, Quizno is 17, and he's an absolute delight. Just lovely in every way, kind and patient. Um, As time goes on, however, it doesn't stay that way. Yeah. So he starts being verbally abusive. And so how she describes that is he says things like she would leave in a certain outfit and he would be like, why are you dressed like that? You look like a real slut. Oh, that's nice. And I think that's interesting, too, because I think that covers more than just verbal abuse. Um, That kind of speaks to this common thing that we see in abusive relationships of this jealousy piece. Mm -hmm. So I think... Obviously, there's an element of verbal abuse, but I think she's telling us more when yeah. she says that. Yeah. Is that he's obviously getting jealous, too. Oh, yeah, for like sure. Like, you look like a slut. He's trying because... to be really controlling. Because other men are going to look at you, right. and that's not acceptable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, this verbal abuse starts to happen, and it goes on for a while, and she's living in this, but she's like, well, I mean, it's not great, but... Maybe he just cares about me. Um, It doesn't say that in the article. I'm just trying to imagine what her thought process would be. What do you think it would be? I think it would be that. That he's just protective and cares. How sweet is it that he cares enough about me that he wants me to be safe in that way? Yeah. It's not. No. Freaking Quizno. Quizno. Slippery slope. What a jerk. What a jerk. Okay, well, it doesn't stay verbal as well. Um... When she talks about the transition between verbal abuse and physical abuse, and she says the first time he was physically abusive, um, he was picking her up from school one day, and um, she came out in a strapless dress, and obviously Quizno was not going to be pleased. Like, if she looks like a slut in regular clothes, if she comes out in a strapless dress, you can imagine what's going to happen. Yeah, he's mad now. He's super mad. Yep. And he punches her right in the face. Yeah. He smacks her right across the face. Mm. What's the difference between a punch and a smack? Um, a punch is a closed, a closed fist, fist and a smack is an open What's open the difference hand. between a slap and a smack? I think they're the same. 
Got it. He smacks her right across the face. So it's oh not a punch. Gosh. It's a smack. And... How long had they been together? Does it say no, when it that happened? It doesn't say. We're pulling oh. this from an article from BreakTheSilenceDV.org, and it has like a teen dating violence section. Okay. Um, so we can link the article too, but it doesn't it doesn't say. Oh, I'm just curious. Oh, it kind of does. Okay, so the the span of their relationship from the beginning to end was four years. Goodness. That's a long time for a 13-year-old to be in any relationship, let alone with somebody who's abusive. Wow. Yeah, the article says she was only 13 when she met the man who would terrorize her for the next four years and become the father of her first child. Oh, no. They had a kid together? That makes everything more complicated. That's the worst. Well, explain why that's the worst. Okay. Yeah. So I'll explain why that's the worst. I am always really, really, really grateful when clients come in here and tell us that their children aren't the children of their perpetrators. Why? Because that ties you to someone forever to have a child with that person. Um, You know, unless that person is in prison or just falls off the face of the earth, basically he can always, he or she can always use that child as Mm -hmm. a way to keep track of you. If you get child support from that person, they're going to know where you are. If the court, orders that that person receive visitation. They're going to know where you are. So, you know, be, having a kid with someone just kind of connects you forever. Yeah. It doesn't kind of. It does. It absolutely so, does. I mean, that sucks. If you are a person that's trying to navigate co-parenting, that is hard enough. Yeah. Oh, Even yeah. if it's amicable. Yeah. And, you... and the, both people are healthy and not abusive. Right. That still sucks. Now throw in this element of, like, being extremely unsafe. Yes. And see how and having to watch your child go and stay with for the weekend a person who is very physically abusive Mm -hmm. and and scary has got to be I can't imagine how awful that would be for these people. Yeah, I wouldn't love it. No. Mm -mm. It's awful. So that's why that's why when we hear she has that's like ugh. That's a downer. Yeah, it's a code red for sure. Yeah, that sucks. Okay. So, so four years is how yeah, long they were together. From start to finish. And I don't know when she has the child. And I'm not sure this article says. Um, I'm not sure how thought it says it. Okay. But. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it gets crazy. Are you reading ahead? Uh, sorry. Yes. No spoilers. Okay, I'm not. Okay, okay. I just was reading ahead. So physically abusive. We're starting this pattern. So now he's verbally abusive and physically abusive. And it yeah. goes on like this. Yeah. Um, and. Next, she says, in the kind of structure of their relationship, the next element introduced is isolation. And when I first read this, I was really interested because usually isolation happens way before physical abuse happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, hmm, this is happening in a different order. Yeah, it is. I mean, do you think that's weird or... It goes on to explain a little bit more, but I kind of want to get your thoughts first. I think it's... it. mm, Yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah. It is a little weird because usually the isolation happens first so that that person is already isolated and doesn't have a support system so that when that physical abuse occurs, yep. they don't have anyone to run to. That's right. So if she's still got mom and sister and friend and whatever in her life and the physical abuse happens, that runs a risk for him of her getting out yeah. easier because she's got a support system. So that is that is interesting. It kind of makes me wonder what her relationships were like, like with those people to begin with maybe yeah, she what, was didn't have a whole maybe she support didn't. system going on that's possible yeah well and it so it makes more sense when she talks about the isolation i was thinking this traditional piece of like 
keeping her away from her support network and her family and her friends. Yeah. But it's a little bit different in her case because he does try and keep her away from her family or her friends. But when he's not successful in that, he drags her away by gunpoint. So Good Lord. Quizno is packing heat. Quizno's a nut. Quizno's packing heat. That's funny because... Because <laughs> Quizno subs are always hot Exactly! <laughs> wow. That's a perfect name. Quizno. You were really ahead of the game. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So I wonder if isolation happened before. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that now. Because now, obviously, it's super scary and aggressive. Because if she's like, no, I want to stay and hang out... He's putting a gun to her back. And is he putting a gun to her back in front of these people? That was my like, question. Like, is he dragging her out of her parents' house by gunpoint? I don't know. Or is he... I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it says, but that's really interesting. He, that's so scary. This is what she says. Oh. Yeah, so he would drag her away at gunpoint. It really doesn't say hmm. what that looks like. That's really Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. But she does say that... It increased. Okay. The violence increased. Yeah. Um, and it increased with the gun. So this is a direct quote from the article from her. So she says, his finger was on the trigger and I didn't know if it was loaded or not, she said. And he pulled the trigger and it wasn't loaded. But after that, I was just so scared that when he said things like, if you leave, I'll kill you and your whole family. I thought he was capable of that. So I just didn't leave anymore. Wow. That is... That's really scary. So, question. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of, like, holes in this story. Mm -hmm. Because is she living with him at this time? Because it says that this was when the violence was at its worst. She remembers waking up one night with a gun to her head. Yeah. Um, And at 13, I'm just curious where this had occurred. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Or maybe this was later, too, because she was with him for four years. So yeah, maybe that was. was a little later. So she started, well, then I don't know, though. She'd still, she'd, only, she'd still be really young. But maybe when they had a kid together, they moved in. Maybe. I mean, that makes sense. I don't know. One thing that she does say. That makes sense. And I, like, from her story, this story is intense. Yeah. And you see things happening in this story that we talk about in other cases of fully grown women, right? Mm-hmm. Or men. Mm hmm. And one thing that she does say in this is that people really misunderstand teen dating violence and they expect it to be less than traditional domestic violence or abusive relationships. But she would argue that it's the same stuff happening just to a more vulnerable population. Yeah. The same stuff is going on. Yeah. I mean... This story, I wouldn't be surprised to hear this happening to, like, a 30-year-old. Oh, yeah, no. It's all of the same pieces. Right. It's just happening to teenagers. Yeah. Which is terrifying because I think back to high school and I think about how stressful that was when you had classes and you're trying to manage friends and you had family stress going on and now throw in this curveball of a gun being pointed at you almost constantly, it sounds like. In the middle of the night or when you're talking to your friends. I bet she felt that gun all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine going no. through high school like that? No, no. Mm-mm. I'm sure some of our listeners know what this is like. Oh, I'm sure. To, to have that experience. It's horrible. Oh. It's just really sad. Yeah. So, 
Well, it, what? it says, too, she says after that, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. She says the shocking truth, the article does, the shocking truth is that 23% of women who experience some form of partner violence in their lifetime report the violence first occurred when they were between 11 and 17 years of age. So and 23%. We know, I mean, we know that to be true. Right. In our work. Right. It is not uncommon at all to talk to survivors who are adult survivors who say, like, well, I was sexually assaulted when I was 12. Or I, my first, you know, the first time I was ever hit by a boy was when I was 13 and right. it was my boyfriend in junior high. Like, that is not uncommon. In fact, I think it's, I think it's more typical. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's interesting, too, because before we were recording this podcast, you were talking about how we very rarely work with... Yeah, teenagers. Teenagers. We just don't. So what is this difference? Like, we're working with adults who are experiencing similar things. Yeah. And they are receiving services, mm-hmm. and they talk about when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. What? Where's the disconnect? Like, why aren't we seeing teens come in? I think part of the reason we're not seeing teens come in is that teens don't know that they they don't know about us. I don't think that they are aware of what resources are available in their community, which is why it's so important for community programs like ours to be active in the schools Mm -hmm. not just to provide prevention education but also to make sure that teenagers know that we are a resource for them first of all also I think that a lot of parents don't know that their kids are going through this stuff Mm -hmm. I don't know about Kim and obviously this is an extreme case but I think a lot of cases with teen dating violence I don't think mom and dad are aware of the level of control, even if it's just emotional abuse, the level of control that that person has over their child. And so the mom and the dad aren't really, they don't recognize it. And so, you know, I think if more parents recognized it, it might be more common for us to see those kids because I have had parents call and say, my daughter's with a pretty scary guy and I don't know what to do. Right. Um, So I think there are several reasons. Yeah, well, and even Kim says... This is her quote. She says, I feel that there's a gap that needs to be filled, which is kind of what we're talking about. There needs to be safe houses for teenagers who are scared and whose families are being have been threatened so they don't have to run away. I wonder if she ran away. Well, oh, it, it says she did. Yeah. So she left him because he hit her in front of their child. They had a child together and he hit her in front of her child. And so she left him, but there were no resources for her mm-hmm. in her area that she knew of. And so she didn't get the help she needed. And because she was so afraid for her safety and her family's safety, she ran away from home. And then she was unable to go to school. So she found herself in juvie oh, because she wasn't going to school. So she oh. says in the end, I was the one who was the criminal because I ran away. So she's saying that like there needs to be more resources out there for teenagers and minors because they shouldn't have to uproot their life and run away. Yeah. That is such a bummer. That's really sad. Well, and she goes on to say, too, that as, like, her perspective as a parent, she also thinks it's super important for this education of parents and yeah. teachers, like you were talking about, for teen dating violence, so that they know the warning signs and they know how to stop it before it's too late. Um, she says that, in her experience, it seems, she was so scared and embarrassed to tell the truth to adults that um, she never did. And yeah, I wonder if she wished that they would have just probed a little deeper maybe asked hard questions yeah but it's hard to ask those questions especially to teenagers Mm -hmm. i don't know why it feels hard does it feel harder to ask teenagers or adults um as a 
I don't know. I have kids. I have little kids, though, so I don't know what that feels like, having, like, a teenage kid and asking them hard questions. I know that I've asked, as an advocate, teenagers questions, Mm -hmm. and I think teenagers are harder to get answers from. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I think that teenagers are a little bit more private and secretive and unwilling to talk, and I get why. Well, Because they're less likely to trust. Yeah. Part of me wonders, too... And they don't want to get in trouble. If it's easier for abusive personalities in teen dating violence to make to kind of manipulate it teenagers into thinking that this is the normal mm-hmm. i think that's harder to do with adults because there's so many more examples yeah like you got barack and michelle up there yeah and they have a great relationship right and, and you're like this is what it is right to have an adult healthy relationship right I don't know if it's Barack and Michelle for you, but yeah, but for like, me, that's why I yeah, look at as an example. But like, who do you look at as a teenager? Yeah. Kylie Jenner, right? And Tiger? who's she with now? Tiger? Travis Scott. Travis, yeah, I'm behind. <laughs> well, way behind. She had a baby are, with Travis she did. Scott. Yeah, Tiger's Jeez. been gone for a while. He's oh gosh, like last. So he's like old news. Yeah. To be fair, I think I knew it was Travis Scott, but I was watching an older season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I mean, he sticks, Tyga sticks more in your memory. I think so. He's got a Quiznos type name. Yep, Tyga. T-Y-G-A. That's right. That's fly. Yeah, so you're looking at like Kylie and Travis Scott and you're thinking, well, this is what it is. And their relationship is not... Again, because they're... One for the books, you know? No. No, there aren't a lot of really good examples for teenagers. And the examples that there are are not healthy... Yeah. Um, like Twilight. Yes. Examples. Or um, like Fifty Shades of Grey Ugh, is sometimes really so immortalized, I guess. Yeah. So, so bad. I think there are some really bad examples. So it's easier for perpetrators <clears throat> and abusive personalities to be like, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. And I don't think that teenagers, even teenagers who aren't in violent relationships, I don't think that they set good examples for their peers either. Mm. Like, looking back to when I was in high school, I wasn't in a, I was, I had a couple of pretty, like, steady boyfriends in high school. And I was, neither one of those relationships were were abusive, but I would say that the first one was less than healthy. Right. Because we were 14, 15, 16, we were together, like, two years, and we spent all of our time together, and we were just obsessed with each other because that's how kids are. That's right. And I don't think that's healthy. And no. so we weren't setting a good example, he and I, as like, this is what a healthy high school relationship looks like because it wasn't. Yeah, and I think in some ways then it becomes kind of like an epidemic with high school. And I'm thinking back to like when I was in high school, like I don't really remember very many of my friends or the kids that I went to school with having like looking back as a professional now at those relationships, like I can't think of many that were like, I would say like, that's a solid, healthy, young relationship. Yeah, I agree. I was, when you were saying that, I was thinking back to this girl that I was friends with who would fall very quickly into extremely serious relationships and then talk all about her plans to marry him. Oh yeah. Yep. And she eventually did marry one of them. Okay. I hope they're okay. I yeah, hopefully. But it was like she'd hold a nine month to a year long relationship with a person wow. and they would basically be engaged. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And it, it was almost like they were spending all of their time together and yep. living almost as a married Yeah. You know, couple. forgetting about all their friends, mm-hmm. not hanging out with their friends. That's right. Yeah, that's how I was with my boyfriend in high school. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And like 
we just, that's how we were. And so eventually now, it ended. So, I mean, imagine if he was an abusive Right. I can't imagine. Because he wasn't. Like, we just were, I guess, head over heels in love with each other and had no concept of what was, like, normal and healthy. Right. And thank God he wasn't abusive. Because it, right. it easily could have been, like, something that I could have sucked me in. Right. And I wouldn't have because known how to get out of it. Because with that standard of, like, I'm spending all my time with you, we're basically engaged, whatever. If he all of a sudden took a turn and started being abusive to yeah. you, you'd be like, okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm we're married, so... <laughs> We're I'm in. stuck with this guy forever. Yeah. So I think it's really hard to like look to your friends mm-hmm. when you're in high school and say like, I want a relationship like like Sheila has. Yeah. Like they have such a, like Sheila and Brett have such a strong, healthy relationship. Look at that. That's what I want. No. Sheila and Brett are. Codependent. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Yeah. 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 And I like in talking to like. Our campus advocate and other girls that I've worked at that save, it's like the same, I hear the same things. Like mm-hmm. their high school relationships were super unhealthy too. Yeah. So I don't know. I would just say if your kids are dating, serious dating in high school, they have a high school sweetheart, be just be aware. Yeah. Like keep an eye on that. Even if it even if it doesn't turn into an abusive relationship like Kim. Yeah. It may be less than healthy, and you as a parent should probably have right. a little bit of a grasp on what's going on. Well because that can be yeah. And it's just a lot for kids to navigate that kind of yeah. emotional, like, yeah. chaos at, like, 15. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a lot more than kids can take. Well, good news for any anyone out there, whether you're a teenager that maybe has a miniature Quizno. Oh. What's the... Do they do they have miniature sandwiches at Quizno? I don't even know. What's the jargon? That would be so funny if Gosh. we called it, like, a... A $5 footlong, like, Subway. Exactly. Yeah. So if know. you have a $5 footlong... Yeah. ...going on... Yeah. Um, or your sister does, or your daughter, or your son, or your cousin, or your best friend, who, whatever. We, good news for you, we have some warning signs. So these are some signs of things that if you're seeing this happening, you're like, you may want to push a little further. Just like Kim wishes that someone would have asked more questions and pushed a little further. And these were kind of like warning signs that Kim laid out for herself. Like what what she thought her parents could have maybe recognized. Yep. Or should have. So she says unexplained bruises. Yeah. Ooh, but she says in this one it was tricky because she played volleyball in school. So she would just play the bruises off as sport especially the ones on her face as sport injuries so if a teenager seems to have surprising amount of sports related bruises or cuts maybe probe a little bit into that yeah but that's hard though if your kid's an athlete right most they wrestle or that yeah they get hurt all the time athletes do that's that's a hard one yeah so her next warning sign that she says an unhealthy attachment to a boyfriend or a girlfriend this is kind of what we were saying but um she says it's a huge sign of an unhealthy relationship and yeah. it can be a red flag oh yeah um when a sociable teenager as she says with many friends and interests suddenly starts distancing themselves and only spending time with yeah and i think that this is probably something that you see a lot in high school relationships uh-huh. is this isolation from friends because you're just you become so consumed with that person right and i think it's and hard you want to too spend all your time with because them. that's not even I think abusive personalities don't even have to work that hard to isolate in those situations. Because mm-hmm. I, this is like, this is, this is not great on my part. But I remember having friends who got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and then all of a sudden they were nowhere to be found, and they were like, they were out. And I got super annoyed, and I was like, fine, we're out, we're done. Yeah, you don't that's care how about my me. friends I don't care were. About you. My friends would get really annoyed with me. And so, 
it, like an accidental distancing happens without yeah. even a ton of work mm-hmm. happening. Oh, yeah. So take pause when yeah. that happens. I yeah. feel guilty. No. And again, even if the relationship isn't abusive, this is not healthy. Right. No. They, your your kids should still maintain their friendships. With, yeah. And, and still do their like fun kid stuff without their mm-hmm. partner sometimes. Yep. Like it is not good for them to just blow off all their relationships to be with one person. Yeah. And I sure. think a lot of kids are doing that. High school kids. That's yeah, I agree. Good. I agree with you. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. That's a red flag. Um, and then obviously agitated and sad behavior. Yeah. After receiving text messages, you know, and, and I think social media and, and stuff, technology is obviously completely different now than it was even yeah. 10 years ago. So wow. that's this something looks, to watch for. This too. looks really sad in Kim's case too. She's, they said that she was a straight-A Catholic schoolgirl who attended church every Sunday, letter of the law, above board in every way, and she soon just stopped attending church and school and just just cut everything off after she met Quizno. Wow. And she says, because of how I acted out and because of how I looked, it looked a lot, um, I looked like a lost cause. By teachers. Yeah. Nobody cared wow. enough to know it was wrong. I'm just really curious what her parents... Her her family thought. Yeah, I like, I assume. Because that's a big change to go from being a straight A, you know, devout Catholic mm-hmm. girl who went to church every Sunday and was really good in school to suddenly not going to church, missing out on school. I don't know. Um, I, I ass- Maybe they just thought she was going through like a rebellious mm-hmm. phase. Yeah. I assumed that it was not a strong relationship. Yeah. But as I read more into this, I wonder if he threatened her family because she talks a lot about fearing for her family's safety. Yeah. And that's why she ran away from home. And in this part where she talks about wanting more resources, it says that there needs to be more safe houses for teenagers who are scared and whose families have been threatened. Gotcha. So that they don't have to run away. Yeah. And that their mom and dad can know that they're safe. Yeah. So I wonder if she just distanced herself from from her her family because he was so dangerous. Because she knew that he would hurt them. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty scary. So as you can see, teen dating violence is uh, super serious. Yeah. And not talked about very much. No. And... I like that there's some tips here on educating teens about teen dating violence. And the top one is modeling healthy relationships, mm-hmm. which we have talked about a lot. Right. Um, it says many teenagers, especially young women, grow up with an unrealistic view of romance and relationships because they only know what they've seen on movies yeah. or TV. And it's easy for them to confuse intense or unhealthy behavior and extreme emotional highs and lows with love, quote unquote love. Um, and she didn't know what a healthy relationship looked like because she had never seen her parents hug or say they loved each other. Oh, jeez. So you should show your children with words in action that real love is about respect, kindness, and tenderness. Yeah. Wow. That, so that gives insight into what her, her family was like. Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's really good. So if you have a spouse or a, a partner and you have teenage kids, it's really important to model healthy behaviors yeah. for them so that they can see what's, what's healthy. Giving young males a healthy outlet for their anger. Um, it says most boys are used to hearing that it's wrong to hit women or act out in anger, but they don't know how to express their anger appropriately. Um, and I think that, like, we could talk a whole lot about toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. how that creates batterers right. and all of that stuff. I mean, that's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but there definitely is a connection between young yeah. boys and toxic masculinity and abusive behavior. Yeah. Yeah, and, there's a lot of talk about that in the media right now, too. Yeah, and with the Gillette commercial. Yeah. And people were real upset about it. Super, super mad. Um, well. So this is interesting. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. I want to give props to Kim because she's doing really, really good work. We've talked in the past a little bit about victim advocacy or survivor advocacy and how successful that can be. And I think Kim is a really good example. Um, Kim spends a lot of time going into schools and talking about um, teen dating violence. So mm -hmm. she is really an advocate for this. And she, she seems to be pretty happy now. It looks like from this article, um, she says... Um, we're survivors and we're warriors and we can move on. Um, she says that she's even able now to communicate with her former abuser because, you know, she has a son. So she him. has to. So right? she has to. And it doesn't ruin her or impact her a ton. Um, and it seems like she has a really, she's, she's engaged and she has a really healthy relationship. It's That's seems. really great. Yeah. So I, I'm really grateful that Kim shared her story. She's an all-star for sure. Yeah, she is. And I'm happy that she's happy now. And I'm glad that she's going into schools and teaching kids about healthy relationships yeah, and stuff like sure. that. And that's really great. Yeah, good for her. So look forward to this month having a lot of information about teen dating violence. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're going to shine a spotlight on what this looks like in our community and hopefully get some first-hand experience with this yeah by having some interviews and people are gonna we're gonna talk to some high school kids and um yeah hopefully it should be should be pretty good big whole month yeah so get excited mm -hmm. and just hold your breath i guess yeah until that comes out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you ever need any assistance, if you're a teen who's in a situation with maybe a Quizno or a $5 foot long, <laughs> as we've a called mini them, Quizno. a mini Quizno, yeah. <laughs> um, reach out. Yeah. Don't, don't go through this alone like Kim did. Mm -mm. Get help. Don't before. run away. Yeah. There are resources to help you. Yeah. If you're... you don't have to. Deal yeah, with that alone. Totally. Or if you're a parent or a loved one of, of a teen who is going through this, you know, reach out for support as well. Oh, yeah. You'll need it. Mm -hmm. That's because hard. I can't imagine hopefully, my daughter going through this or yeah, my son going through it. Hopefully mm -hmm. people, whether it's us or another program, can give you some resources or some helpful tips to help safety planning and keep your home safe. Yeah. And your kids safe. Yeah. Or your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, on that happy note, just spend the week thinking about all the teens that you know that might be in mortal danger. <laughs> God. Was that dramatic? <laughs> okay. Okay. They're probably all in healthy relationships. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. All right. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do